This is Open House, presented by the BC Real Estate Association. On this episode, we continue our exploration into the impacts of COVID-19 on BC Realtors. We talk to lawyer Jamie Matthews about the use of standardized clauses to address COVID-19, and accountant Anna Jones about financial support for Realtors. But first, let's look at what Realtors need to know right now. Hi, and welcome back to Open House by BCREA. I'm your host, Shahid Devji. It's good to talk to you again as we all become more familiar with the new normal that we're living in during the COVID-19 pandemic. And again, I'd like to start out by sending our best wishes to all of you out there and to your families. We hope you're staying healthy and safe and are doing your part to help all those around you do the same. Of course, we would also like to once again thank all of our healthcare workers for the selfless and tireless work that they are doing to help keep us all safe. Now, as the new normal sets in, there continues to be many questions for realtors. Some questions are around real estate transactions and how COVID-19 impacts deals in progress and, and potential deals. On this episode, we'll talk to Jamie Matthews, BCREA's legal counsel for Standard Forms, about the use of standardized clauses. And with all the uncertainty around COVID-19, another issue that is pressing for many professions, including realtors and managing brokers, is financial support. There are new government benefits that have been announced which will help realtors, and to talk about those, Anna Jones, a partner at Church Pickard Chartered Professional Accountants, will also join us today. Of course, as a reminder, this information is always changing, and by the time you hear these conversations, there may be additional information available. For that updated information, we recommend staying tuned into the appropriate federal and provincial government websites, as well as our COVID-19 Resources for Realtors page. So with that, let's get to what's new. As I mentioned in our last episode of Open House by BCREA, BCREA has launched a dedicated page for realtors to find the most up-to-date and relevant information related to COVID-19. The COVID-19 Resources for Realtors page includes information about virtual real estate, transactions and contracts, client support, and financial aid and forecasting. The page can be found at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. And since the last episode, there have been many updates to that page, and some of the latest updates include the following. Updates to the COVID-19 FAQ on dealing with contracts and disclosure requirements. That update includes a series of new questions that address privacy concerns, offers without in-person viewings, FinTrack obligations in the time of social distancing, dealing with tenant-occupied properties, and more. There's also an update on conveyancing in the time of COVID-19 after a Land Title and Survey Authority notice on March 31st, 2020, which temporarily allows for affidavits for use in land title applications to be taken remotely, including by video. Now, there still may be other documents that your client needs to sign in person with their lawyer or notary, so it's best to check with both your client and the lawyer or notary. Additionally, there has been a lot of new information released in the past week about financial support for realtors, and that includes the Canada Emergency Response Benefit and the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. We'll have more on both of those in our feature conversation coming up with Anna Jones, a CPA and partner at the firm Church Pickard. But on the COVID-19 Resources for Realtors page, we have two blogs with more information. And with so much changing daily, there are a lot of questions related to potential collapsing deals. In the latest edition of Legally Speaking, number 524, Lisa Nero of Bell Alliance LLP looks at collapsing deals. It's a refresher on the common law principles. Finally, our economics team has updated the BCREA Economics COVID-19 dashboard, which includes the latest coronavirus data. 
They take a look at cases, country by country and province by province, and the latest economic trends including BC home sales, average prices and housing starts. And that dashboard is updated every Friday with the latest data. As always, we have links to these specific items at bcreapodcast.ca under episode 4, and you can find all those and more COVID-19 resources for realtors at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. It's time for our feature conversations. Jamie Matthews is a partner at Ferris LLP in Vancouver. He practices in a broad range of corporate and commercial practice areas, including commercial and residential real estate transactions, and he's BCREA's legal counsel for Standard Forms. Jamie joins us today to talk about contracts and specifically the use of standardized clauses in real estate contracts during the COVID-19 pandemic. So Jamie, thanks for taking the time to join us today. Yeah, no, thanks for having me on. So the first thing that I wanted to touch on is clauses in contracts. Many realtors are wondering if there is a clause they should consider adding to a contract to protect either buyers or sellers on potential implications of COVID-19 on the completion of a contract. What would you say to them? Well, each particular transaction has unique elements that really affect the parties differently. So, you know, that said, there's really no one size fits all clause that can be inserted to address uh, any issues that might arise for one side or the other uh, in connection with COVID-19 in a real estate transaction. Um, you know, we've seen some realtors putting in generic clauses that can be put, that uh, can try to address the issues that come up. But really, you know, we've been recommending that they advise their clients to get legal advice on the drafting of, of these clauses and how they address the issues in particular for, for that situation. Right. So unique situations, like you said, BCREA, of course, has created many standard forms for realtors to use in their transactions. So why won't BCREA draft a clause for all BC realtors to use with regards to COVID-19? In a transaction, parties will often have competing interests. um, And therefore, you know, as I've said, there's no one size fits all. And it's difficult to come up with a particular clause that uh, wouldn't sort of sway in favor of one party or the other. So for example, a clause that would allow a buyer to delay a contract because they weren't able to uh, secure financing for um, would cause problems for a seller who was relying on the sale to purchase the next property, say the day after. Um, really the best approach is to deal with the clients um, on an individual basis, sort of on a case by case as they come up um, rather than having one standard clause from BCREA. Right. So what should realtors do if their clients want to include a clause in their contract? As you said, that might actually come up. Realtors should discuss their clients' particular needs with them in light of the current situation. They should also recommend that the clients obtain legal advice before entering into an agreement. With the proper advice, the clients, the realtor, and their lawyer or notary can get uh, or can prepare language for a contract that will address the client's needs. All right, perfect. Well, Jamie, thanks again for taking some time for us today. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me on. Thanks again to Jamie for joining us today. Our next feature conversation is with Anna Jones, who is a partner at Church Pickard Chartered Professional Accountants in Nanaimo, BC. She started at the firm as an articling student and received her CA designation in 2007. She has been a senior associate with the firm since 2010, is the auditor for the Vancouver Island Real Estate Board, and works with lawyers and realtors on GST-related matters. Anna joins us today to talk about the financial support available to realtors. Anna, thanks for joining us. Uh, How are you doing today? I'm doing very well, thank you. 
All right. So realtors, like many others in Canada, might be experiencing financial hardship as a result of what's happening with COVID-19. What options do realtors have for financial assistance? They can apply for the Canada Emergency Response Benefit Program, CERB, or the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy. So there's two of them, and I imagine that there might be some confusion for some realtors about which one to pick. What's the difference between the Canada Emergency Response Benefit and the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy? Okay, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, I'm just going to call it CERB after this, okay. will apply to individuals who have no income because of COVID-19, which will allow them to apply for a monthly benefit of $500 per week, up to 16 weeks. They will also be entitled to a $1,000 BC emergency benefit if they qualify for the CERB. They need to have received at least 5000 of earned income from employment, self-employment, or maternity parental benefits in 2019. They cannot receive any income during the benefit period, so essentially they have to stop working. The emergency wage subsidy applies to personal real estate corporations who pay wages to their assistants or the shareholder. They can apply for a 75% wage subsidy, which is maxed at $847 per week if their gross commissions have decreased by 30% compared to this time last year for March to May. They have to reapply each month. If their gross commissions have not decreased by 30%, they can still apply for the 10% wage subsidy. Okay. Is there any situation here where realtors would qualify for both of these benefits? Okay. So realtors who are self-employed, they're eligible for the CERB, but not the wage subsidy. Realtors who have a PREC and receive a T4 from their PREC will qualify for the CERB or the wage subsidy. If they are still working, they will only apply for the wage subsidy because to qualify for the CERB, you have to have zero income. They can also apply for the wage subsidy for their assistance wages if they issue them a T4. Okay, so if, if a realtor doesn't take wages from their company but receives a, a dividend, does that mean they don't have any income coming in and they would qualify for CERB where, you know, like you said, you, you're basically not working, right? Yes, yeah, so it was just announced this morning. So as long as the dividends are non-eligible dividends, so generally those that are paid out of corporate income tax at the small business rate, the realtor would count this income towards the $5,000 income requirement to be eligible for the CERB. Right. Okay. And, and that's, a, that's a change from the previous week where that wasn't necessarily clear. Yeah, they just hadn't addressed it. So it, people were talking about it in the tax community because the legislation hasn't been passed yet. So it had been People were wondering because they didn't um, mention it at all because they just talked about income from employment, self-employment, and parental and EI uh, paternal benefits. So, so it's something new that we just found out this morning. Okay, perfect. So do you have any advice on which of these two realtors should choose? Is it cut and dry and black and white or, or does it really depend on the situation that realtors find themselves in? Okay, so if the realtor is self-employed, then they have to apply for the CERB. They don't qualify for the wage subsidy because they're not paying themselves a T4 because they're not incorporated. If the realtor has a PREC and then they received a T4 from their PREC, they need to calculate which is more beneficial, the CERB or the wage subsidy. Bearing in mind, they cannot work and receive any income into their PREC to qualify for the CERB. So most likely, they will want to apply for the wage subsidy if they're still working. And I guess that's what uh, people like you do. That's your expertise in helping 
realtors and others, you know, calculate these types of things. Is it simple for realtors to to calculate that? Can they can they do that on their own? Well, it's kind of a no brainer. So if you're paying yourself a wage, um, the max you can get is eight forty seven a week versus the CERB, which is only five hundred dollars a week. Right. So it just kind of depends on how much you're paying yourself. Right. Okay. And if you're still working, if you're if you're not working, then you would you could qualify for the CERB. But if you're still working and actively trying to get listings and bringing in commissions, then you want to apply for the CERB anyway. So then it would be the wage subsidy. Right. And and a lot of realtors are still trying to work uh, during this time, just quite differently than they were doing a month ago. Yeah. So what if realtors have a, another part-time job? Because you know, realtors who are, are just starting up often do have other forms of income. What happens in that situation? Okay, so if they're self-employed and they're getting other types of uh, earned income, employment income, etc., then they can't apply for the CERB because you have to be without work and you're not working to apply for the CERB. But if they have a personal real estate corporation, they could still apply for the wage subsidy if they received a T4 from their PREC and to subsidize their assistance wages. In terms of what you've experienced in your profession, is this difficult to understand for, for the, the general population? How, how, what's the feedback you're getting at your office about how clear all of this is? I, the most questions we're kind of getting right now is for people who are actually still working. So then, but they have had a drop in income. So then they're wondering if they qualify for the CERB. And the it's very cut and dry. It's supposed the purpose of the program is supposed to be for people who have zero income and they aren't allowed to work because of COVID nineteen. So I'd say that's the biggest question we're getting right now for the CERB. And, and yeah. today is April 6th when we're recording this and, and the application process for the CERB uh, opens up now. Um, yeah. what, what is the application process like for, for CERB and is it something that can turn around quite quickly? Yeah, they say there's no waiting um, deadline and you just have to sign up for a CRA My account and then you apply, which would be on Canada Revenue Agency's website. And then if you sign up for direct deposit, they say you'll probably get your money within five to 10 days. Uh, You also need to have a copy of your 2018 personal tax return handy because when you sign up for the CRA My account, they're going to ask you for certain line items on your return. I did check out uh, the application process this morning, so it looks like it's pretty easy. They are recommending though, um, if you check it out on their website, that depending on what year you were born and your month, that um, when you should apply over the next five days, because they don't want everyone all applying at once and then their portal crashes. Right. That makes sense. I'll just mention one last thing for the application process, just for the wage subsidy that you have to apply for a CRA, my business account, and then the application portal. It's not expected to be launched for another three to six weeks. There are realtors out there who may have deals for which the contract for purchase and sale was signed prior to April 2020, so you know prior to this month, but will complete uh, soon or, or in this month or, or later on. Would that make them ineligible for assistance because they, they might you know gain commissions from that sale? Or would they be eligible again after a certain period of time with no income? Okay. So for the CERB, the realtor would not be eligible if they receive any commissions during this period. However, you have to be without income for at least 14 consecutive days in the initial four-week period that you apply. And you have to reapply or recertify each month what your status is. So yes, they could apply in the period they are without income. 
and the benefit is available from March 15th, 2020 to October 3rd, 2020, and then you have to apply no later than December 2nd, 2020. Okay, so that seems like an important point there where you have to reapply and requalify each month and, and something that's probably quite important for, for realtors and, and everyone to know. So, uh, and that's to make sure you're, you're, you're still not bringing in any, any income, right? So uh, once you have, if I understand correctly, once you have qualified, once you have received the benefit, uh, put it in your calendar to, to make sure you're reapplying every month to continue to receive the benefit. Yeah, that's what they said initially. So we'll see what the full uh, application program says. But that's what they said initially when it first came out that you were going to have to recertify, like before when you would have, when you were applying for EI. But then they changed it to the CERB because uh, Service Canada couldn't handle the volume of people applying all at once. Right. So, so um, important to to keep an eye out with the on the latest news with regards to to these things because it is evolving. It's really the first time we're all experiencing this. Yes. Okay. So uh, managing brokers, they, they run small businesses and um, obviously are affected by this uh, as well. And, and maybe in maybe a different way than than realtors are as as, you know, contractors and, and with their own corporations. How do they fall into the equation? Is, is it quite similar to what we've been talking about? Well, they can apply for the 75% or the 10% wage subsidy for payroll costs. So Initially, they just announced the 10% wage subsidy, and that and that would still apply if you haven't had if they haven't had a drop in their general revenue of 30,000, then they wouldn't qualify for the 75% wage subsidy, but they would still apply for the 10% wage subsidy. There's also government financing, so they have a $40,000 Canada emergency business account. It's supposed to be banks will provide interest-free loans for the first year up to 40,000 to employers with 50,000 to a million in total payroll in 2019. And then repaying the balance of the loan on or before December 31st, 2022 will result in loan forgiveness of 25% up to 10,000. So they should be contacting their financial, financial institution to apply for these loans. And then banks have said that they'll make a commitment to work with personal and small business banking customers on a case-by-case basis. So people have heard of the six-month payment for deferral of mortgages and also an opportunity for relief on other credit products. So they just need to work with their financial institution. Okay, so it looks like there are lots of options there for for managing brokers. Now, um, I I wonder in, in your, I guess, synthesis of all this information and all the different kinds of support, are there any realtors... uh, that will fall through the cracks here, or is everyone covered? Um, well, it's hard to say that because it's definitely on a case-by-case basis, but I think it's the ones, what's going to happen, though, is the realtors who are self-employed and the ones who have the prec is that if you're actually still trying to work and get listings, then you're not going to qualify for the SERP. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that's a big thing. And, you know, realtors have gone through that before where there's a big slowdown in the market, you know, like back in 2008, it was really bad, but they're still trying to work. Right. Like I said, the main thing is supposed to be helping people who cannot work right now because of COVID-19. It's not to supplement your income. It's because you are bringing in zero income right now because you can't work. Okay. Okay. Perfect. So what else would you say realtors who are looking for financial assistance because of the reasons you just mentioned? What do they, what else do they need to know? Is there anything else that they need to know? 
Well, again, they can talk to their financial institution to get a six-month deferral on their mortgages, seeing if there's any opportunity for relief on other credit products. The payment of their income taxes is not due until September 1st, 2020 without interest. Also, CRA said they won't charge interest on late tax installments. And they also won't impose penalties where a GST return is filed late, provided that it is filed by June 30th. And also for those realtors that qualify for the Canada Child Benefit, it's supposed to be boosted by $300 per child for those that qualify. Okay, perfect. So this has been really helpful. And, and the links to all the stuff that we've been talking about here will be posted on our on our website at bcreapodcast.ca under uh, episode four. So uh, Anna, thanks so much for spending some time and we'll let you get back to work now. Okay, thank you very much. Thanks again to Jamie and Anna for joining us today, remotely, of course. Anna mentioned the wage subsidy, which is an option for support for realtors and brokerages. After our chat, on April 8th, the Canadian government announced a proposed update to the threshold for the wage subsidy. Initially, if small businesses had experienced drops of 30% in revenue in March, they would qualify for the wage subsidy. But acknowledging that some businesses were not impacted immediately in March, that threshold will now change to a 15% drop in revenue in March. Another change to the program is that businesses will be able to use January and February revenue as a basis to show their comparative loss of revenue, as opposed to just the same month a year ago, which was previously required. And while there's still no firm launch date, Prime Minister Trudeau has suggested that the wage subsidy should be available in three weeks. And finally, there were also updates announced to the CERB to be eligible for this benefit You must not receive any employment or self-employment income for at least 14 consecutive days the first time you apply. This reflects the fact that for the first four-week eligibility period, which is from March 15th to April 11th, some applicants may have received some income that eventually ended up drying up over time. We have more on these updates in a blog post on the BCREA COVID-19 Resources for Realtors page. And with that, there still may be instances where you feel like you're unsure where you fall in this whole equation, especially when it comes to financial support. So again, it's important for everyone listening to stay up to date with the latest information by keeping an eye out on government websites and announcements and watching the news. And of course, staying tuned into CREA and BCREA channels where we'll be posting updates as soon as they come in and where they're relevant to realtors. That brings us to the end of this episode of Open House by BCREA. For links to all the items and resources we mentioned here today, visit bcreapodcast.ca and go to episode four. You can also find the latest COVID-19 news and information for realtors in BC at bcrea.bc.ca slash COVID-19. And you can always get the latest from BCREA by following us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. And if you have any comments, questions, or suggestions on future topics to discuss on the show, feel free to email us at podcast at bcrea.bc.ca. Thanks again for listening, and we'll talk to you next time.